Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello there. Welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCuberculist. Let's push a button and get started because I am on a timeline thing. you some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Frankenstein's Monster Monster Energy Drink. Thank you for that. Okay, uh, so gonna try to stick with the timer today. Come hell, we're potentially even high water. Oh. Uh, okay, so movie the first, Young Frankenstein. Oh, okay, well this should give you a sort of clue of when I am recording this. Uh, slightly after the untimely death of... Mr. Oh, sadness. Sadness, sadness, sadness. Mr. Gene Wilder. Mm-hmm. Uh, will be missed, so I decided, as I have done from time to time, uh, to watch things of the people who I have watched things before of, but then the feels hit, and you have that desire build. You know what? Just out of a sort of curiosity... Uh, I'm sure I'm not alone in this fact. When someone you have sort of experienced their entertainment over the years passes away, <clears throat> does that too give you the desire to re-experience some of the things that have made you uh, uh, laugh or what have you over the years? Hmm, curious. And why is that? Anyways, Young Frankenstein, 1974. Wow. Uh, so before I was even born, by a little bit, <clears throat> 81, was born, clearing throat, <clears> excuse <throat> me, uh, let me read the IMDA, it might be funny, uh, an American grandson of the infamous scientist struggling to prove that he is not insane, as people believe, is invited to, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> Transylvania, mm. where he discovers the process that reanimates a dead body and spoiler alert he does reanimate a dead body in the form of peter boyle who uh you may know as the father from everybody loves raymond uh who has sort of i suppose some monster-like characteristics <laughs> he's a big dude for example uh this movie definitely stands up it is a mel brooks flick which as you will see uh, is a theme that sort of developed because Mel Brooks and uh, Jim Wilder worked together a lot, so I sort of went down a Mel Brooks rabbit hole, starting with Gene Wilder, is how it worked. Uh, okay, so uh, rating-wise, 5 out of 5, easy to do. Same with our next movie, 5 out of 5, preemptive rating, Blazing Saddles. Yes, haven't seen this in uh, a couple of years, I guess. Wouldn't be surprised 
if it has actually appeared on this very podcast. Um, also holds up, <laughs> as long as you don't mind period-specific droppings of the N-word, uh, because there is a lot of that. Uh, it's kind of uh, Django Unchained-esque, although that was done not comedically, whereas this sometimes is. Uh, is it okay to laugh at this also movie from 1974? Man, Gene Wilder busy in 1974. Uh, yeah, sure, it is. Uh, I bet you uh, the majority of people would find this, although if it was made today, extremely offensive. I think as human beings, we're able to look at a movie from the past and sort of take that out of the equation. I assume. I assume. Uh, to run a western town, a corrupt political boss appoints a black sheriff who promptly becomes his most formidable adversary. Lovely. As already mentioned, five out of five. <clears throat> Excuse me for frog and throat. Okay, uh, next two movies. Uh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, and Spaceballs. See, this is the sort of Mel Brooks uh, rabbit hole I went down. Uh, still hold up. Robin Hood, Men in Tights, maybe a little less. Uh, I'd probably just go four. And maybe for Spaceballs as well. Both good. Both... I feel like the, the, the nostalgia factors may be tinting my glasses a little bit on these two movies. But uh, I laughed multiple times throughout both. Uh, so I'll give them that. I will. Okay, uh, seems like we're almost out of time. Uh, last movie is called Finders Keepers. It is nothing to do with any of these other movies. Uh, it's a documentary... Uh, about a guy who purchased a barbecue inside was a human foot. A real, actual, severed human foot. Um, well, we're out of time. <laughs> that movie, 5 out of 5, really good. And if that enticed you, you know, check it out, why don't you? Today's television talk sponsor is Danger Zone Antiperspirant. Perspirant. Perspirant, if you prefer, you weirdo. Okay, so uh, we have Archer Season 7, available for your viewing pleasure at this point on the Netflix. Thank you for that. Uh, this is one of those shows that periodically I will check Netflix to see if new seasons are available, like Comedy Bang Bang, like Top Gear. Oh, shit. Motherfuckers, actually. That just reminded me. Uh, started watching Top Gear Season 22, the final season, I do believe it was. Got a couple episodes in, and then they pulled it off Netflix without warning. They didn't warn me that was going to happen, so now I have Top Gear Blue Balls, which may be... The title of this episode. Let's just consider that. Top Gear Blue Balls. Top Gear Blue Balls. I'm typing it. That may work its way into the title. We're not here to talk about Top Gear Blue Balls. We're here to talk about the very uh, full balls of Archer. Full because of his manliness. Yes. 
Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Archer, you poor, poor son of a bitch. Uh, I, actually, you know what? This is uh, one of those classic uh, lackadaisical liberal-cuberless pity-envy situations in that I pity that you've never heard of Archer, you poor son of a bitch, but I envy you for the reason that now you have seven seasons to explore with fresh eyes. I love it. And the show, five out of five... Uh, consistently amazing episodes. I think my favorite episode of the season was uh, something they did that was a little ballsy, which, man, we're talking about balls a lot in this for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, and that is they did an entire episode where 99% of the episode took place in an elevator, which for a uh, animated, uh, a.k.a. cartoon show, I don't think anything like that has ever been done before and <laughs> just just the, the the sheer cojones oh there it is again jesus uh to to do a an, an episode of something a, a format which is usually very visual because with a cartoon you are able to be very visual and exciting uh but yet keep it all in an elevator is just impressive uh if you're again unfamiliar with archer he is a sometimes spy uh, in this latest season, he's actually a private detective, or if you prefer, and I bet you he would, a private dick. Um, so he's uh, solving cases, uh, kicking ass, not so much taking names for the reason that he never really writes anything down or reads anything. May in fact be illiterate, there's not much evidence of his reading ever. Uh, mission briefings, for example, straight out the car window to hell with them uh the voice acting in this thing just so spot on probably of the uh, uh, shows that i watch of the animated variety definitely in my top five um maybe top three and generates laughs definitely maybe we'll go like top two i don't know i'm just saying that off the top of my head uh uh, we've got some interesting sort of uh, twists and turns in this as well. Uh, I think, if I do recall, the first episode starts with us seeing Archer floating upside down, having been shot in a pool. So basically, um, dead. Uh, and then the entire season is hinting, dancing around, trying to figure out how that happened. Sort of a Pulp fiction starting at the end. There's a French word for that, I do believe, which I don't know off the top of my head. The top huh, of my head. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen Archer ever, I think one of the advantages of this season is you could probably start uh, at the first episode and not be too out of the loop. There is the odd inside joke, like, um, oh, what does he say all the time? Uh, phrasing. Yeah, the, that's a good one. Uh, the figgest... Oh. Well, there you go, out of time. I think we're on a good pace today, and if we keep this up, there may be a lollipop in your future. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is Bloodford Brand Under Eye Shadow Remover. Thank you for that. 
Okay, uh, so I have something called the Double Diamond Triangle Saga, which is a mouthful, and that's okay because this is a collection of 12, rather 9, I don't know where those extra 3 came from, uh, a collection of 9 serial books. Um, when I started this, I didn't know that's what it was. In fact, when I started this, I didn't even know that was a thing that could happen. Uh, it's a collection of nine uh, books sort of on their own that combine to make one full story. Uh, on the one hand, interesting, yes. On the other hand, I think this could have benefited more from just being one friggin' giant book, or maybe a trilogy, or maybe a twoology. Uh, the kind of interesting things is that each of the nine sections was written by different people. Uh, some of them make appearances in some of the uh, uh, different sections. Uh, Ed Greenwood, for example. Ooh, who I met. Uh, I don't think I meant that. Uh, mentioned that in my last Nerd Cane Adventures. Uh, met him uh, at Fan Expo 2016. Uh, showed him the progress of Nerd Cane since he had signed it many, many years ago. Uh, so it was kind of interesting that uh, I was reading this and then found out he was going to be at Fan Expo and then got to uh, chat with him for, uh, you know, a couple seconds just to say hello. Nice n nice guy. Uh, anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. Although if you do Google Nerd Cane Adventures, you will see what I mean by all those things I just said. What we are here to talk about is this idea of nine books making one book. Um... Well, okay, I'll tell you what. Let me go ahead and give my rating, which is 4 out of 5. So, that means I liked it. Uh, that being said, I think if this was just one book with maybe a slightly more cohesive storyline throughout, uh, potentially I would have given a 5 out of 5. Uh, this takes place in the Forgotten Realms, which is in the sort of Dungeons and Dragons realm of Forgotten. Uh, so those I always like. Just on that note, uh, should I give a note? Maybe starting to play Dungeons and Dragons. I may be, that is. Note completed. Uh, <laughs> uh, this uh, book starts with the abduction of a kind of sort of, kind of, sort of princess, uh, and then a group of people having to go and save this princess in a far distant land. Now, the kind of different cool thing that I appreciated was most of the band that was sent to save her were paladins. Um, paladins are when you're playing video games and dungeons and dragons and things of that nature are often kind of boring. They're no matter what they are going to do what's right. Uh, they're fighting for justice. They're just truth justice in the American way. Superman-like. Sort of in the same sense of Superman. They're often super powerful. Uh, super good. Uh, and because of those things, kind of boring often. <laughs> There's no sort of depth to them. Uh, but within these nine books, they did find a way to make these characters have a little depth, despite what I just mentioned. So uh, I very much appreciate that. I I've never read anything about paladins or played video games with paladins and thought, well, yeah, you know what, these guys are kind of interesting. But, but this made me change my opinion, so congratulations on that a little bit. Uh, there's, uh, the Blood Forge is sort of the, uh, the, the main focus of this book, I guess you could kind of say. 
Uh, we travel to a distant land where these blood forges uh, allow uh, kingdoms to create armies out of thin air and are very, very powerful. Mm. Uh, so powerful that they actually end up corrupting those who use it. So then there's that double-edged sword of so powerful that you're protecting your people from literal demons from hell. But then uh, it turns you into a monster yourself. So, uh, good idea. I like it. I like these. Recommend four to five. Today's game, Gavin sponsor, is Nuka Cola and Mentos hand grenades. Thank you, sponsorship. Okay, uh, I think I may have mentioned in the last game, Gavin, that I would be starting playing Fallout 4 Nuka Cola World DLC, and that is just what I've done. I've finished my first weekend. Uh, playthrough should specify I had a lot of other stuff to do so I only did play Saturday but despite that fact got into it a fair bit uh, I, I guess one of the boiling downs of this you could do well let's start out at the top uh, what is Nuka World it's uh, if you took all the branding out of Disneyland and replaced it with uh, Nuka Cola themed stuffs is probably a good, safe way to look at it. If you're unfamiliar with Nuka-Cola, uh, it is the Fallout World's brand of Coca-Cola. Oh, interesting. You know what? Uh, uh, never mind. So, so one of the things that has happened is I found myself in this world that is run by three... Is it three? Yeah, three factions of raiders. Oh, raiders are bad people. Uh, and that's one of the interesting things so far is normally there's a clear-cut thing you do to raiders in the Fallout series, and that is kill them because they are bad and torture people and they raid. It's the name. Uh, in this, though, you're sort of forced to work with them and choose between which of the raider groups you want to ultimately work with. Uh, see, I'm saying this without having completed, but that's sort of the feel of it so far. And the other thing so far is that none of the factions really feel like the character I've played with throughout Fallout 4 so far would choose any of them. Uh, which kind of seems like maybe an option. Uh, this is a bit of a spoiler, although I don't know the answer, so I'm spoiling it for myself i don't know uh it looks like there's almost the option to kill all the leaders of the raiders as a mission uh, my worry of doing that and why i decided against it is because i feel like then you're gonna lose out on a shit ton of other missions uh but if you went that route uh you know what let me know how did it work out for you uh, right now I've reached a point where I've started to visit various areas of this theme park and free them, quote-unquote. Uh, by that, it, it free and clear them. Yeah, let's, let's say it that way. Basically, go into these areas and then clear them of bad guys, and then I have to decide which of the three raider groups I want in charge of these areas I have cleared. Uh, interesting mechanic. Uh, I'm very curious how it's going to work out. Okay, just to sort of level with you, 
uh, I decided that because it was sort of forcing me to choose a group of raiders despite not really wanting to, I decided to flip, flipped, <laughs> flip the script a little bit and chose the absolute worst one, the ones that are into the torture and potentially cannibalism and murder and pain and, you know, your typical raider, Fallout style raider. Because my character wouldn't do that, but we're in sort of a fantasy realm. Uh, things I have cleared out are robots, a lot of robots, um, uh, crocodile, half crocodile, half men. Uh, that was an interesting section. It was like a zoo section where I teamed up with this kind of Tarzan guy, uh, this guy who was raised by gorillas. <laughs> uh, I had at one point basically Tarzan in a gorilla traveling with me fighting crocodile men, which... Oh man, I wish the timer ran out right as I was saying that, because that is kind of sort of kind of sort of what has typified, which I think might be a word, my experience so far in Nuka-Cola world. Uh, very, very cool, very crazy. Uh, this is what DLCs should be like. Uh, I, You know what? Having said that, I know I said that in uh, Far Cry Blood Dragon, Take your game and just make it crazier. It's a DLC. You can do whatever you want. Five out of five so far, but I should have more next episode. I think. Ah, Charlie. Charlie bit me. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Crystal Clear Marshmallows. Thank you. Okay, uh, the first item up for bids, what is Danny O'Dwyer leaving GameSpot sadness? Yes, this, uh, I feel like I've done maybe half a dozen of these style things in internet intercourse segments in the last months anyways. Uh, it is basically, you get used to a person on a website or on a YouTube channel or on a something that you regularly experience each week, and then you find out that person is leaving, and it creates a sadness in your belly, like as if one of your actual factual friends will no longer be part of your life. Uh, very strongly, that feeling I have, those are English words, they're in a weird order, uh, for Mr. Danny O'Dwyer, who is leaving GameSpot. Uh, GameSpot, I have... It's probably of the websites I go to, of the YouTube channels I subscribe to, been a part of my life for the longest, I would imagine. Uh, because back in my sort of... Every time I bought a video game, I would always go to GameSpot first and see... Uh, is this game worth my money? That, that sort of idea. And then it turned more into me watching their YouTube, which they post a shit ton of stuff on YouTube, man. Uh, and most of it really, really good. So there's a recommendation. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. A lot of that goodness had to do with Mr. Danny O'Dwyer, who was... I don't know if I'd say he was the face of GameSpot, but he had a huge role in the sort of on-camera part of the site and the YouTube, so to see him go was very, very sad. Uh, he did his last episode of The Point. Uh, here's another pity-envy situation. If you've never 
watched an episode of The Point. Uh, Danny O'Dwyer takes a subject uh, of a video game related nature and sort of delves into it in a just an incredible fashion. Uh, entertainment, education, uh, just really just spot on The Point. <laughs> the point spot. This one was all about, uh, he made a trip to New York, uh, and part of the, well, kind of what he, not why he was there, but what he did while he was there was explore New York through the eyes of Grand Theft Auto games, and sort of looked through, uh, the prism of his playing of Grand Theft Auto at the real New York that appears in the games. <laughs> the kind of fun thing about that was he was sort of experiencing that the real New York was fake from the point of view that he so well knew the Grand Theft Auto New Yorks that the real one then seemed unreal. So that was a, a fascinating sort of chat there. And I recommend you check out anything Danny O'Dwyer does. Uh, I've sort of made myself a mental note to try to uh, keep an eye on him and see what he's up to and experience stuff he does in the future because just a just a great dude, let's say. Speaking of great dudes, segue, uh, Billy Crystal was on WTF, uh, which is, what the fuck, with host Mark Marin. Uh, something about uh, old dudes, not that, yeah, he's pretty old, Billy, Billy Crystal that is, uh, old comedians, older comedians are the best storytellers, just, I think, period, full stop. Uh, and Billy Crystal very much demonstrates this fact. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mark Maron's got to love guys like Billy Crystal, I assume, because it's almost like he doesn't have to show up. <laughs> he could just ask a question, uh, and then an hour later, Billy Crystal, Billy Crystal was done talking. That, that sort of thing. I uh, highly recommend this episode uh, in particular. So, so good. Yay. Those two for talking for a long time and recording it so we can hear it on a podcast. Uh, okay, iPhone 7. Uh, what should I get instead? Oh, yeah, this is a sort of a call for help. Uh, so the latest iPhone 7 stuff. Uh, the lack, <laughs> I'm not one of these, uh, if you've listened to many of these episodes, you will know I'm not what you would call a complainer. I don't go on the internet and complain of things. That is not one of the things I enjoy doing. Uh, however, when it comes to the iPhone 7 not having a headphone jack, I'm not even going to complain about it so much as just to say that means I won't buy it. Uh, at work all day, every day, I have my iPhone on my desk plugged in so that the battery doesn't die, uh, because I'm at work for eight hours, uh, and then in the headphone jack, I have a headphone that I'm listening to podcasts on, so to remove something that is part of my eight-hour workday all day, every day, means that that is not something for me anymore. Uh, so my sort of thought is, uh, you listening to this, you're savvy enough to find this podcast that nobody ever listens to. Uh, first of all, you're weird and I like you. And what's a good alternative to an iPhone? The Galaxy sounds interesting. Probably do more research towards when my contract is up. Uh, I, I'm even thinking of maybe just going iPhone SE because uh, I don't like such the such a big one like the six. I don't know. 
just just throwing that out there, seeing what you think. Last, but certainly not least, in fact, most in some regards, are uh, Vera Bambi and the Saria Rose. S-A-I-R-A Rose. I spelt it for you because, uh, much like Vera Bambi, the potential to say that name incorrectly is strong within white people, I think. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, so uh, I've spoken of Vera Bambi on this very podcast, got to be half a dozen times now, including in the uh, Fan Expo uh, aforementioned episode, uh, and my love of her. Something she has done a couple of times, which I've greatly appreciated, is had on other uh, beautiful, and that's not even high on my list so much as uh, interesting and funny women, uh, on her channel, which then means I go over to these new people's channels, oh boy, uh, and then uh, see what they're all about. Uh, this new person in this video is Saria Rose. Uh, they did something called the Chubby Bunny Challenge, which was, <laughs> I guess it's a thing, like I don't think they came up with it. They, they said it as if it was a thing that exists in the world. Uh, you put... You and one other person, I suppose it is, put marshmallows in your mouth one at a time and then say chubby bunny. Uh, whoever can fit the most in their mouth wins is what it is. And it's challenging. <laughs> the loser in this case, they added this, uh, had to eat was it cat food. I think it was cat food, which if you've ever smelt cat food and it was like the wet tin kind. Uh, that make me want to puke a little bit. Especially after having all those marshmallows in your mouth. Ugh. Uh, but uh, uh, Saria, Saria, Saria was a very, very good sport. Uh, combined with the fact that uh, super, super smoking hot, which is always nice. Uh, and funny, had a couple of good lines. Uh, so I went over to her channel and watched a bunch of stuff she had. Uh, and it was uh, stuff I like enough for me to uh, subscribe, and then uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled for stuff she does in the future because uh, really, really liked her. So hey, I recommend you check out her stuff. Oh, you know what? They also had a, she had a video on her channel uh, with Vera Bambi, as you do, uh, where they uh, <laughs> they played another game where basically you close your eyes, you give the person your hand with your finger out, and then they touch a point on their body, uh, and you have to guess what it is, which, uh, <laughs> both funny and got a little sexy, I will say. There was a nipple touched. Folks, there was a nipple touched. Which, of course, means that this podcast is over. I will say, as I do every time, that it is nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory.
I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.